Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yellen. According to the World Health Organization, breast cancer is the most frequent cancer among women, impacting more than 2 million women each year. It also causes the greatest number of cancer-related deaths among women. It's estimated that more than 600,000 women die from breast cancer each year. And while breast cancer rates are higher among women in more developed regions, Rates are increasing in nearly every region worldwide. And joining us today to talk about her success in treating breast cancer is Lisa Jordan from Ontario, Canada. Lisa, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Now, Lisa, you were diagnosed two years ago. Tell us about your diagnosis. Uh, Two years ago, um, I had felt what... I just thought it felt like an egg in my right breast, literally a hard-boiled egg. Um, And long story short, I got it checked three times, and they kept telling me, you're too young, it looks like a cyst, and uh, if I can say anything, it is to be your own advocate. And I pushed and I pressed, and lo and behold, I was uh, diagnosed with stage four de novo right from the start, stage four right from the start. Now, they say you were too young. How young were you? Uh, so I would have been 38 at that point. And they felt that, you know, at 38 years old, uh, you know, we don't need to mammogram you, uh, you know, an ultrasound would be fine. And I said, well, I'm not really comfortable with that. We do have a, a family history. So I, I did push them for it. And we got a mammogram and a, and a biopsy, which confirmed it. That's interesting that uh, they said you were too young, even though you had a lump in your breast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um, they contributed it to uh, a a blocked or infected milk duct for literally a year and a half after I had my son. They said, "No, you've you've had a baby. It's you know, it's definitely an infected or a blocked milk duct." And then they scanned it again and said, uh, "You know, it's it's kind of fluid filled. I'm, we're going to say it's a cyst." And and they went with that. And I said, "I'm not comfortable with that. It's not going away. It's not going down. I want it biopsied. I want I want this rectified." So, well, it's amazing you had to push that hard with a lump that size in your breast. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually mind blowing, and and uh, I'm certainly not alone in this category. I've I've talked to several different younger younger women, all in the same boat, who have who have been told, you know, it's a cyst. You're too young to have breast cancer, but I'm here to tell you that uh, breast cancer does not discriminate. It doesn't care what age you are. Was your doctor male or female? Uh, female. Wow. I thought a female doctor would have been more aware of it. Yeah, you would, you would think, right? But, uh, I, I mean, I guess they go by their guidelines, what's given to them by, by the government, I guess. Now, once you were diagnosed with stage four and mm. the doctors were aware of it, did yeah. they say anything? Um. She did not. The, the main doctor that originally told me my diagnosis, that was just my regular GP. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't say a word about the stage four diagnosis, actually. Um, and then it was just more or less from there. I went straight to my oncologist 
and my GP was kind of out of out of the picture at that point. Out of the picture, right? Lisa, now- was was this a hormone driven breast cancer? Um, so I have two primaries. Uh, so on my left breast, I have uh, estrogen driven. Uh, breast cancer. And in my right breast, I have triple negative breast cancer. I remember. Yes, yes. You're doing the mixed one. It's interesting. Uh, There's been several women that I've dealt with that have had both. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very tricky to to treat when you have two different subtypes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Have this spread anywhere? So I did have uh, metastasis to uh, lymph nodes in my chest. Uh, and also two uh, metastases in my liver. Wow. So what goes through your head when you finally get that diagnosis, which at some level I think you kind of suspect it all along? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first thing that goes what, that went through my head was, okay, let, let's do surgery. Like, cut it off, cut it out, whatever you have to do, get rid of it. I have a, I have a two-year-old son at home at this point, and his mommy needs needs to be here. Well, that's uh, that's incredible. Can someone? Can either one of you explain for our listeners and for me, being a male, the difference between estrogen driven and triple negative? Certainly, Corey, Corey. Do you want me to take this one? You go. You go right ahead. So uh, the the estrogen driven is is just like it said. So estrogen in your body uh, feeds the tumor, and that estrogen can come from your pituitary gland. Uh, it can come from your ovaries, and it actually comes from uh, the androgen that turns into to estrogen uh, in your body. So there's three different ways you can get estrogen driven breast cancer. Uh, now on my right side, it's triple negative. So uh, that does not have any hormones. Uh, it doesn't have any HER2 proteins in it. So it can't be treated with a hormonal or lack thereof hormonal treatment. Uh, typically, triple negative has to go pretty much straight to chemo. That's interesting how one breast is different than the other in terms of uh, the cause of this. Mm-hmm. Now, you underwent conventional treatment. What was that like for you? Um, it, it was pretty tough. Um, conventional treatment uh, certainly knocked me on my derriere, to say the least. Uh, but I went through it. I tried to stay as healthy as I possibly could. Uh, and then once conventional treatment uh, was done, there was still a couple little spots that still were were glowing, and I just did not feel comfortable with that. So, where were these? Where were these spots, Lise? Um, so I still had uh, a glowing spot in my in both breasts, uh, and I had one spot uh, still glowing in my liver, actually. Mm. Now, what was your mental attitude like through all of this treatment? Uh, soldier up, Bas- mm. basic. Uh, put on put on your tough exterior and push through, and basically. Uh, get your stuff together because you have to be here for your family and you're going to do whatever it takes to accomplish that. Yeah, you've got a really interesting attitude because you took your health into your own hands and a lot of people turn their health over to their doctor uh, with uh, sometimes dire consequences. But you were resolved in your determination to get rid of this, weren't you? 
Yep, absolutely. I I went in with with an attitude that uh, I am the CEO of this vessel and I, I will say what goes in this vessel and what does not, so... Now, you said a few moments ago that you tried to stay as healthy as you could. Explain, elaborate on that a bit. Um, when I was going through conventional treatment, obviously, it uh, it just really hits your system quite, quite hard. Uh, so, I did a lot of juicing to, uh, to keep my uh, levels up in order to keep getting chemo and uh, my neutrophils, you have to keep those up and for, for people that don't know what those are. Um, your neutrophils are going to determine whether or not you're able to get chemo. Uh, it determines whether or not you've got infection in the blood. So I had to constantly juice uh, and lots of raw veggies and fruit and uh, I laid off the dairy. So I didn't go I didn't go chaotic with my diet like a lot of people do. Um, but I did I did heighten my my whole foods for sure. Did you lose weight through all this? Believe it or not, um, I gained 40 pounds. Oh, good uh, for you. I, I did. I, I gained 40 pounds uh, during conventional treatment uh, because obviously the steroids um, certainly bloat you. Oh, uh, okay. I thought it was because you were eating so healthily. <laughs> Yeah, well, it could it could have been a combination of both, but uh, <laughs> okay. Well, those steroids will do it every time, boy. Yeah, I certainly had a an undesirable moon face. I wasn't happy with so. Um, so uh-huh. I, yeah, with with the uh, the whole foods, I was able to drop the forty pounds back down again. How long did conventional treatment last? Uh, so we went from September to January with chemo. Yeah. And so at the end of that, what do they say to you? So they, you finish the, this round or drawn out process of having chemo and then you've still got spots that are lighting up. So what do they say? Uh, believe it or not, I had to chase them because someone dropped the ball and kind of forgot about me. <laughs> and I, I phoned and I said, um, hello, what, what's going on? Are we scanning me? Are we doing more treatment? Like, it, it's obviously not a resolved issue, so I need some attention. Um, and so we did a little bit more uh, conventional treatment. We did some radiation, uh, but still the spot in my liver uh, still lit up. And uh, the spots in my breast were still lighting up. And at this point, they couldn't be certain uh, whether or not those tumors were dead or alive. And I said, well, that's not a good enough answer for me. And that's when I decided to... Um, to go heavy into the, the RSO protocol. Were you on oil when you were doing the chemotherapy? Uh, not while no. I was, not while I was on the chemo. Um, I had started uh, taking it right at radiation time and it did take me quite a bit to get up to a gram a day. Uh, but I ended up getting up to, to a gram a day uh, during, during radiation. Okay, so that hopefully protected your body somewhat from all that radiation. Absolutely. I look at um, uh, at TMI, I look at the way that my breast skin looks compared to other women that have had the amount of radiation on their breasts that I have, and I would consider myself very lucky. My skin uh, did not go keloidy 
or uh, ripply like some women's do. It, it stayed very, very smooth. Um, the breast tissue stayed very soft. Uh, and I can definitely attribute that to, to the cannabis for sure. What happened to the 40 pounds? It melted. <laughs> Yay. Yay. So, so you said it took you quite some time to get to a gram a day. Were you doing it all orally? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up um, micro dosing um, little bits all day long until I finally built up enough tolerance that, that I could take a full gram of oil a day. That's a very interesting way of doing it. Uh, t- instead of taking it all at once at one time, like uh, say before bed, you just took mm-hmm. little, little bits throughout the day until you, your tolerance built up to a gram a day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, for me, it provided a lot of um, relief during the day. Those little micro doses were just enough uh, to take the edge off the anxiety uh, of going through cancer. And it also uh, significantly helped with uh, my bone and joint pain because uh, once you've had an estrogen uh, breast cancer, they, they turn off your estrogen. So your ovaries are shut down um, and your ovaries produce estrogen, which helps your bones. So your bones get very sore and achy, and the cannabis was, was a major help for me. When you went to the doctor, did the doctor know what you were doing? Absolutely not. Um, I went to my oncologist after conventional therapy, and I said, um, what are your thoughts or how do you feel about uh, cannabis oil? And um, are, are we allowed to say four-letter words here? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And she looked at me and didn't even give me a sentence, and she turned to me and she said, it's all bullshit. Oh, and well. I thought, wow, that's not the answer I want. And I thought, okay, well, then you don't need to know what's going on behind the scenes because I'm going to take my health into my own hands and I'm going to get rid of this once and for all. It's all bullshit, she said. Yep. It is not incredible. Yep. I was I was kind of blown away, um, but I wasn't overly shocked because, I mean, let's face it, who makes money off of chemotherapy? Mm-hmm. oncologists and pharmaceutical companies. So if you're treating it with something, uh, you know, more natural, the money is not going in their pocket. That's right. That's well, absolutely right. How long after you started taking oil, did you notice any difference? Um, believe it or not, I actually had a scan uh, after... I did a little bit longer than the 90 days. Um, I think I actually went past 120 days on a full gram a, uh, full gram a day because I really wanted to knock it out. I would say I had scans after three and a half months on the oil, and they said everything was shrinking. Awesome. So that, that must have been really encouraging. Yeah, that was, the, that was the light bulb that just went, ding, hello, silly, you're on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> so everything that was shrinking, was that, are we referring to what was in your breasts and uh, in your liver then? Uh, breast, liver, and uh, the one lymph node in my chest, yep. Awesome. And how are you, and actually, sorry, go ahead. Uh, sorry, dear, after the three months, I had uh, two little spots in my left breast completely gone. They couldn't find them. 
Wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I guess mm-hmm. they attribute that to the conventional treatment. Absolutely. They'll, they say, well, you know, the radiation has a long-lasting effect, and, uh, you know, sometimes it takes a while for the, for the tumor to dissipate after radiation. Do you feel any side effects from the chemo and radiation? Absolutely. Um, cognitively, um, I mean, I'm, I'm an insurance uh, broker when I'm, when I'm working. I'm not at, back at work yet, but cognitively, uh, it has definitely kind of impaired me at this point. I am told that that, that will go away, um, but I also still have a, a bit of neuropathy in my uh, fingers and toes as well. So the cannabis helps with that as well. Is that dissipating? Uh, the, the neuropathy, um, I can definitely still feel it in a couple of uh, fingers and toes for sure, but it is, it is 100% better than it was. Absolutely, it is going away. And are you cancer-free today? Uh, as of today, I've just had a scan on my liver, no reoccurrence and no residual disease and no yes. active disease in the breasts. Way to go, Lisa. Awesome. It just goes to show you what uh, taking health into your own hands can do. Absolutely. I mean, two things I can vouch for, one being your own advocate, and two, cannabis oil works. Yeah. Now, Lisa, you're on a multi-strain oil, aren't you? I I am, yeah. Because I have two separate primaries and metastasis, um, we had to kind of vary up the, the ratios of my oil a little bit to... Uh, to treat both types of cancer. So my ratio is uh, three THC for every one part CBD. Right, right. And that THC component, because I happen to know where you're sourcing from, is different strains. It's not just one strain in there. I believe there's six different strains in there. Yeah, six or seven, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah, guys, we're, we're certainly becoming more aware, and I've mentioned this, I know before, that it's um, really important to to have multi-strains if possible. It just increases your chances so much more. Absolutely. Lisa, when you started uh, the cannabis oil, did you intuitively know that it would work? Um, I felt in my gut it would work because... There were so many signs, and then I actually had a woman who lived uh, not too far from me contact me out of the blue. It was a friend of my mother's who I'd never spoken to, and she said, you've got to contact this lady, wink, wink, Corey, (laughs) And, and she is going to put you on the right track. I promise you this. So I researched and researched before I made any contacts because I really wanted to have my full faculties before I dove into something. And I just saw so many testimonials to it. And I thought, what have I got to lose at this point? I'm stage four. It's terminal. So I'm going to, I'm going to do, if you would have told me that shit with sugar on it would have cured cancer, I would have ate a mouthful. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went, I went right for it. After I saw so many different testimonials, I went, I went right for it head first, and I knew that this was the right direction for me to be in. And you had uh, you had a complicated cancer. Would you say that was more complicated than most breast cancers, Corey? Yeah, yeah, it is definitely because you know you treat you treat hormone driven breast cancer one way and triple negative the other way, and 
she's got the she's got the two. She's got the full banquet happening. Yep. And I'm also I'm also BRCA two positive as well. So mm. uh, yeah, that also kind of throws a wrench into the situation as well. For for listeners who don't know what that is, could you just expand on that just a little, Lisa? Certainly, it's a genetic mutation uh, within the cells. Um, it is a hereditary genetic mutation that actually came from my dad's side. Most people think it comes from the women's side, but that's not the case. Um, it came from dad's side. And what it does is it's this mutation in my cell causes or basically states that I am 40 to 50% greater of getting breast cancer and or ovarian cancer than the regular population. Wow. And uh, you're essentially cancer-free today. Didn't you recently have uh, a testing done? Yeah, yeah. So I, I recently just had um, uh, my tumor markers and my blood work done and my scans done. And as of right now, they're telling me they're, they can't find any disease at this point. Well, that's yeah. good. And you're yeah. going to carry on taking oil maintenance uh, dose? Absolutely. So now I, um, I've scaled it, uh, scaled it back. I don't need that full gram a day. Um, although you could take it, it's a lovely feeling all day long, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm down to about a third of a gram every day. Uh, and now that I actually take all before bedtime, I take the complete uh, third of a gram before bed and I have a wonderful sleep and it, it really helps with the bone and, and joint pain before bed too. You said something uh, previously, which I thought was really interesting. You said that uh, in your gut, you uh, you knew it would work. And I think women are much more intuitive than men. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, uh, it's remarkable what you've gone through. And uh, it's remarkable on how you've recovered. And uh, do other women or have you contacted other women or you talked to other women about this? Um, I'm yeah, I've, I've definitely been a part of some forums and some different uh, groups on social media. Uh, Some women are absolutely uh, terrified about trying cannabis because depending on the country that they live in, it's still considered illegal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're more, they're more fearful, not of what it will do to their body, but more feel fearful of uh, the law repercussions. Uh, So it's, it's very unfortunate that in some countries it's still illegal when it's such a helpful medicine. Yeah. We've interviewed uh, a number of women with breast cancer who have done so successfully, a number of men with prostate cancer who have done so successfully, a number of people who, uh, like Corey, for example, that were terminal, given only months to live, and um, now they're cancer-free. So it's, uh, and for a doctor to say it's bullshit, and for a doctor to give an ignorant comment like that is just mind-blowing because most doctors would simply say, just continue doing what you're doing. And yeah. uh, because doctors, some doctors in jurisdictions are in kind of a catch-22 situation. They can't recommend cannabis, but they can yeah. certainly encourage a person to continue doing what they're doing. And I think it's fabulous that uh, you you went against current medical advice and you took your health into your own hands. 
And I think mm-hmm. it's great that you're cancer-free and some of the residual effects of your chemo and radiation are starting to dissipate. And um, you'll be entering the Toronto Marathon soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll- <laughs> Not sure about any marathons. I wasn't a runner before the cancer, so I don't think I'm a <laughs> <laughs> <Atta> girl. <laughs> Lisa, what was your what was your uh, family's reaction to you doing um, oil? Were they really supportive about it, or believe it or not, I actually thought that my parents would be kind of iffy on it um, because they're a little bit old school. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know what? They were all for it. They like they were the ones that said order it, whatever you need to do, make it, order it, buy it. And if you run out of money, don't even worry about it because this is what's saving your life. Keep doing what you're doing. Wow. Very nice. Yeah, that is, that is very nice. I mean, you're their child. You'd do the same thing for your daughter, wouldn't you? Or son. Or son. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Maybe you'll have a daughter. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because we have three on ice. I mean, my body's pretty much pooched for for labor until. <laughs> <laughs> three. But if someone's got a free uh, free microwave, they want to lend me for about nine months. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh yes, you've uh, you've got a great attitude. Well, it's uh, it's. For me, attitude and mindset are just as important as your physical well-being. Your mental well-being dictates your physical well-being as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I couldn't agree with you more. Throughout this, this, uh, Lisa, did you meditate at all? I did, actually. Um, I got into yoga, meditation, um, yeah, and just really soothing uh, music. Uh, and I would lay down just on my hardwood floor after I've been microdosing uh, all day, and uh, and meditate and really heal from the inside out. Yeah, there are so many. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza is an interesting uh, chap who lives in Seattle, and uh, he was in a triathlon, and uh, he was hit by a car. And ended ended up in hospital, and uh, they said he would probably never walk again. They wanted to operate. He said no, so he sat in the ho- he laid in the hospital bed. And what he did is meditate through his own mind, and reconstructed the uh, the bones in his body. And uh, within I think it was twenty one days or three weeks or four weeks, he walked out. And he's. Phenomenal. Been- He's been teaching that ever since, and I think the power of the mind is absolutely incredible, and uh, we have the ab- our body has the ability to heal itself if, it, if we give it the right nutrients and if we have the right mindset, and I think you did, and uh, I think you're to be commended for it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly important. I mean, it, it sounds, to some people, it sounds very cheesy, but... Uh, there were times when I would actually sit down in the bottom of the shower and meditate and I would let the water hit me. And in my mind, in my meditation, I would say to myself, it's washing the cancer down the drain. It's washing it out. It is not inside me. It is out. And that was, that was when I was taking my, um, my RSO protocol. And lo and behold, uh, if you will it and you say it to the universe, it's going to happen. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. 
I'm always really try to be really clear with people. You know, that's cannabis oil is not um, a fix-all. You know, yeah. um, show me a disease condition this doesn't at least help. But when you embark on this journey, it's um, a holistic approach, mind, body, spirit, and mm-hmm. you certainly, you certainly are a, a living, thriving example of that. Well, thank you. Lisa, is there anything you'd like to say in conclusion? Uh, In conclusion, I would say don't be afraid of the unknown. Uh, If if you are on a cancer journey or any sort of immunocompromised kind of journey, don't be afraid of the unknown with the cannabis. Uh, Go for it. Try it because it heals you in so many different ways. Lisa, well said. Thank you very much for doing this. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Lisa. And a remarkable story from uh, Lisa in Ontario, Canada. And if you'd like to help us out at Cannabis Health Radio, you can do so by making a one-time donation for as little as $5 and also on Patreon. That's a one-time donation uh, each month for as little as a cup of coffee. That's $5 as well. And if you'd like to help other people, you can share our podcasts, CannabisHealthRadio.com, on the social media platform in which you are using at the moment. We greatly appreciate that. I'd like to thank Ron Zahar of uh, Victoria, who is donating his studio time to us so we can bring you these remarkable interviews of people who have been battling these serious diseases. Thank you, Ron, so much for your kindness and your generosity. And also thank Mark in Belgium, who posts our podcasts on YouTube. And we encourage you to subscribe to Cannabis Health Radio channel on YouTube. And the more folks we get subscribing, the more interest there is in cannabis around the world. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. It's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.